0: Welcome to Live with Crabtree Coaching Collaborative, your compass for educational excellence. Now, as instructional leaders, we want to avoid that overwhelming sense of burnout and exhaustion because of all of those different competing priorities. We want to avoid our staff members becoming utterly frustrated because they cannot keep up with the demands and let's face it we want to avoid just having that lack of confidence because we don't feel like we're making any progress that's why you're here right my name is Alyssa crabtree and with over 16 years of experience i am here to help you gain clarity amplify your learning like never before, and hone in on intentionality. This is where transformation begins, and excellence is always the standard. Remember, we are in this together, my friends, so let's do this thing. Welcome everyone to Crabtree Coaching Collaborative. Um, I have a special treat for you tonight. Naomi Hall, the recovering educator, is with us and she is going to be talking to us about all things managing stress. And we know that right now with the start of the new school year, things can be a little chaotic. So I am so excited to have Naomi Hall here. It's really interesting. We met not too long ago when we collaborated on a leadership bundle and her resources were just so great. I had to have her on the show. So Naomi, thank you so much for being here tonight.
1: Oh, Thank you for having me. I am excited for this. I love being able to share and and educate and just help the education system and people.
0: Yes, and that's what it's all about. That is why we're here to help to help everyone here. And so, Naomi, tell us just a little bit about yourself and your journey.
1: Sure. So I live in New Hampshire. I'm a dog mom. She's sleeping on the other side of the screen, and uh, yeah. she'll be snoring shortly.
0: What's her name?
1: It is Scarlet.
0: Scarlet. Oh,
1: yeah. sweet. Yeah. She's a 85-pound, um, she's a smaller breed of Mastiff, so she's oh. a Presa Canario.
0: Oh my gosh! I just want to. My my sister has like a oh I couldn't even tell you what it is, but it's something doodle whatever. And he's supposed to get become like a hundred pounds, and I'm like, oh my
1: gosh! <laughs> I love her. She's the best. She's part of my stress management kit. Yes, who's <laughs> so, <that's> my dog? <laughs> yeah. So I live in New Hampshire. Um, I have I'm I'm a career educator. I mm-hmm. I'm one of those few people like that went to college for education and didn't change my major. Um, I started out in science education. I stayed there. I taught science. Uh, I worked my way into being a department head, assistant principal, curriculum coordinator, public school, private school. I've wow. I've taught in all of it.
0: That is awesome. And so tell us, you know, you have, you've seen a little bit of everything and and it's all different. Like each position has different responsibilities, different stressors. Your t- the title of your company is The Recovering Educator. Give us, kind of unpack that for us a little bit. Give us a tour of your journey to developing that title.
1: Sure. Um, so along my 19 years in education, um, I burned out a couple of times and mm-hmm. um, I had some some pretty dark stretches Uh, where I had to find the tools for myself to make a comeback because I knew I wasn't going anywhere. Like, and I I did take a short detour. I spent one year working in pharmacy. (laughs) I came back quickly, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, it wasn't much of my choice, but um, I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I had to search for the tools for myself and I had to figure out how do I manage this? How do I stay in education and not lose my mind And not be like having a sob fest every night because I'm so stressed and have so much to do and I'm so tired. Um, So it comes to my last job and um, I started there in October. So it was like a, it was a last minute switch of districts, finish your contract, you know, do your month, fill out your contract kind of thing. Um, And I got to evaluation time in April and I walked into my evaluation, no forewarning and sat down and was told, we're not renewing your contract. Oh, man, I was man. Like, um, <laughs> like just, just speechless. And so I was like, oh, well, what do I do? Cause I, you know, I'm that person of like, I want to grow, I want to learn And If I screwed up, like tell me so I can fix yeah. it. And the only thing I was told was, well, you're just not a fit. Which when you talk to everybody else on the team who was absolutely shocked, that was not the answer.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, The the answer came down to politics and I don't play politics. I do my job. I do my job well, but I don't play the politics. Yeah. That's that's not what I'm here for. And unfortunately at that level, it is politics and it's, um, you're protected from it a little bit as a teacher in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you get into administration, it's dark, it (laughs) is, there is a dark underbelly there. And I hate to say that, but I say it from having experienced it and seen it a couple of times. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's sad. And and we're talking to some people who are in that circle. And so when that happened, I, I had been in the process of trying to get into administration and it, it just was a long process and a lot of closed doors. And I was thinking, all right, uh, maybe I, maybe I should start a business, but what do I do? There's a lot of things that I like. And, um. A friend called me after that and was like, listen, if you start your business, we'll support you. I'm like, well.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Right? I'm like, I got to
1: figure out what I'm going to do. And I was yes. like, as I'm sitting there in my office, like mulling this over, I'm like the recovering educator, that's mm-hmm. who I am. I uh, I have recovered from burnout and come back into the classroom. I have, um, I, at that point I was like, all right, I'm recovering from the politics and the ugliness of education. and. I wanted to provide for educators what I had to scrounge for myself what I had to had to like spend I mean it's expensive figuring these things out yeah. and, and finding the people and their resources and all of this and I've been down that road so I want to be like all right I've been there I want to provide this for you I want to provide it for your district I want your teachers to know that it's possible to come back from burnout and stay in education If you need to leave, that's fine. But remember that you go with you, you still have to heal even if you leave education. So I'm here for the people who leave, but I'm also here for the people who just aren't ready to leave yet, but want to know that there's hope and that there's healing and that they can do this.
0: Oh, I love that, Naomi. And, you know, so one of the things I've I am on the board for TCTELA, which is a a teacher organization here in Texas. Mm -hmm. And we had Cornelius Minor at our last conference. And educators, if you don't know Cornelius Minor, you need to go find him because he's amazing. But he was talking about the relationship that we as educators have with burnout Mm -hmm. and recovery, but Mm -hmm. just... Sleeping for a whole week because you're so sleep deprived and exhausted is not a healthy coping mechanism because then you're not addressing the true issue, which sometimes a lot of times is not (laughs) self-created. It's all the outside factors, but finding ways to address it so that when you do get a chance to recover, you're not just sleeping the whole time or like, oh my gosh, I need to sleep for two months before i ever i mean i've been that person oh yeah I, and i've been the person who oh my gosh i just ended the school year i'm going to sit here and not talk to anyone and i'm just going to hole up in a room for a while
1: so let me tell you a story uh-huh. i finished a school year so this was in it was probably spring of 2021 so super stressful year for me it had nothing to do with covid super uh-huh. stressful i ended that school year and i was like i don't want to see anybody i don't want to talk to anybody i'm I literally did this. I went to an all inclusive resort by myself, Ooh. but
0: how healthy is that? Like I, to me, to me, that is where you're able to get clarity, mm-hmm. block everything out, but then also can reflect mm-hmm. and consider ways that you can get on a path to blocking out the noise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. What?
1: Which resort you go to? Where'd um, you go? It was uh, Punta Cana. Oh yeah. It was my first time, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "People, are like, you, aren't you bringing somebody with you?" I was like, "No, <laughs> no,
0: nope. doing it on my own." Oh,
1: it was wonderful. It was oh, wonderful. I Love that.
0: I love it. I've actually looked at Airbnbs just to go, even in the same town that I live, mm-hmm. just to kind of get away for a hot second. <laughs> Yep. So I have here, I'm, I'm going to read it from my screen over here mm-hmm. on your website. You have your mission and your goal is my goal has never been to leave education. It has been to help educators be their best and provide the support school districts forget to give you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was beautiful. But I, also, I like my follow up question to that is what does it take for educators to be at their best And where do you believe school districts are missing the mark on taking care of their educators? Mm -hmm.
1: So there's a lot to being at your best. And I think I would have defined it differently earlier in my career because being my best at that point led to burnout. It meant giving everything I had to my job. And like, no. Put that on there. (laughs) Yeah. That was like, and I, I think so many teachers can relate to that, even yes. administrators, like it becomes your whole life. And that's not being your best. Because like you said, like you spend weeks recovering, like you, you get done with school and you sleep for two weeks. And then you're like, okay, I'm kind of human again. Um, that's, that's not being your best. Being your best involves all of your life. So it means setting boundaries. It means being present when you're at work and being present when you're at home. Yes. Um, and, and like clearly setting boundaries and what schools miss that this didn't bother me as much until I realized what was going on. And what made that clear for me was in When did I become, so I started doing body, which is like used to be beach body. So I started using that for fitness and nutrition in 2020 because my life was buku stress and I had gained 30, 20, 25, 30 pounds. Mm -hmm. Been there, done that. (laughs) And I've, I've done this a couple of times, like stress, just like I pack on the weight. So I, I finally came to the point of like, I can't do this on my own. And I finally reached out to the coach that had been talking to me and inviting me. And I am so glad she never gave up on me. Yeah. So glad. So I started working on that. And when I lost the weight and, and it wasn't even just the weight, it was how I felt. I felt confident again. I felt good again. I had my energy back and I was still in the classroom at this point. Well, I was in the classroom plus multiple positions, so you can understand why I was at this point. Yeah. So when I started feeling good again, I said, all right, I want to give this back. I want to help other people feel this good. And so I started coaching. And in this company, they encourage us to do not just professional development. They encourage us to do personal development. So when we look at professional development for educators, educators are some of the most highly educated people in our country. Absolutely. like. How many other professions do you have a bachelor's degree? And then you probably have to get your master's degree. And you might even get your doctorate and stay in the classroom. Yeah. So I'm one of the people that has my doctorate. Glutton for punishment, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but then we do this professional development that's all around curriculum, implementing curriculum, methods of teaching to people who have advanced degrees in this but we missed the personal development of teaching these individuals how to balance this job with their personal life. Yes. And how to grow as an individual. And I was like, why is this health and wellness company encouraging me to grow as an individual so that I could be a better business owner? When my districts never taught me that, Mm-mm. never encouraged me to become a better individual, a better person, learn how to grow in as an individual. That's what districts are missing. And that's what I want to provide. They yes. listen, your teachers, they need this. They need to be taught the habits of the foundational skills of stress management so that they stay, so that you can retain your teachers.
0: And that's what we want is teacher mm-hmm. retention. Otherwise yeah. we have to start from scratch every single year. And that adds on to the mm-hmm. overwhelm. And, and I think it, I mean, it's very hypocritical for districts, state legislature, everyone coming out and talking about, you need to teach to the whole child. You need to mm-hmm. you know, focus on social emotional learning, which I agree, yes, mm-hmm. yes. We need to do the same for our teachers. Because I think often there is an assumption that because we're adults, we already know all those things. Yeah, we don't. (laughs) We don't. Because one, we were not taught in school how to do any of that. It was pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just get on with it. Yeah. Now it is, hey, how, what are some coping mechanisms? What are some ways that we can, like you said, find that balance It's so important.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately we have like really unhealthy coping mechanisms of like, I stay up late, I scroll, I go to alcohol, I go to these different things of, you know, and I had to find my way through that to the healthy coping. For me, it was overwork. It was, you know, staying Mm -hmm. up late to like put everything into my job I I dealt with health in the midst of all of this. Like I I had a 17 year battle of chronic illness in the midst of my entire career. So like I was forced to face my health. Yeah, like I had to figure out how to balance that. And like, I am a napper. Like I highly recommend naps, power naps. Like they are life. Mm -hmm. Like like even 20 minutes. Power nap. Right. But no one teaches you that. No one Mm -hmm. like, you're left to your own devices to figure out how to cope with this. And alcohol is a coping mechanism. Avoidance yeah. is a coping mechanism. Um, you know, all these different things that are just so unhealthy. Yeah. And I had to go find my own. I was like, no, I, I can't do these things. Like, alcohol is not going to work. Like, I know that. Like, we're not going down mm-hmm. that road. And like, avoidance. Well, that I, I probably do did do avoidance, you know. <laughs> um, and we all have our own vices or whatever. Food, you know, we go to food and, you know, eating, let's just be honest. Teachers survive on like carbs and caffeine. Oh yeah. And that's not healthy. That creates this Mm -hmm. up and down cycle that is totally not healthy. And like your mood's all over the place. So we, we have coping mechanisms. They're just not good ones.
0: They're not. And you know, I, I just remember I had multiple, coping mechanisms that were so unhealthy. One, I had a well, one, I taught eighth graders. If you're a teacher, you have candy in your drawer. Mm-hmm. You have Takis, you have Doritos, you have Pop some tarts. kind of candy, Pop-Tarts. So, I, someone would make me mad or I would be stressed, I went straight to my drawer. Mm-hmm. And then when I went home, I went straight to the liquor cabinet. Like it was it was one or the other and and those were so unhealthy. And now I mean, I, I love working out, but I am not someone who's working out to get fit and buff and, you know, look a certain way. It's because of my brain. I have to work out to have mental clarity. And when I say work out, it could even just go for a walk. That yeah. You know, it helps.
1: It can be so simple. I often term it just movement. Like you need to get movement and make it joyful movement, make it things you enjoy. But I totally agree that you you need that movement for your brain. Um, And it's, it's kind of cool. So um, I don't know if you know, John Finn, the habit mechanic. No, but I need a John Finn. John Finn, look him up. He has an app. He has a book. Like you need to find this. And so he calls uh, movement, exercise, a super habit because that 30 minutes that you put in in the morning to move your body, whatever you choose to do, gives you an added hour in your day of productivity and focus. And I'm like, listen, oh, like, that. we're getting a hundred percent return here, folks. Like you can find the 30 minutes. Yep. Like, come on, I, I will help you find the 30 minutes because it is going to give you that much more mental, excuse me, mental capacity, focus, energy. And like you said, like, this is part of my mental health. And, um, so prior to starting with body, I was a runner and, um, not always consistent because of my health, but when I was healthy, I would run running for me is a place to think, to like process Mm -hmm. through my thoughts and just, you know, like I would get home from work and be like upset about something. I'd go take a run to be able to process it. Yes. But what I found, because I was not a lifter, I was like, I don't need weights, like whatever. (laughs) I got into lifting weights, like actual weights beyond the like little pink two pounders, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, like lifting actual weights. And I found that that was the place that quiets my thoughts. And so when you need to shut down all of the noise that's in your head, go pick up some weights because that why it's the voices and
0: why do you think it why why does it quiet the voices
1: i was like i did say that we have voices in our head yeah. <laughs> well that's what i uh, do I'm, i was like there's a few going on there <laughs> um i think it's because when you actually pick up the heavy weights when you are when you push yourself and i'm not talking about extreme i'm just saying you challenge yourself this is what we do to our students we challenge them and so when you do that for yourself and I, I work out at home. Like I, I literally just use dumbbells mm-hmm. in my basement. When you pick those up and you challenge yourself with something that's a little bit heavy that you're like, I don't know if I can actually do this. You have to completely focus and you're focused on your form. You're focused on what you're lifting and being able to do it. And you're completely present. It's one of the few times mm-hmm. that we are completely present in what we are doing.
0: That makes so much sense. That makes so much sense because even the other day I was at the gym and I remember lifting weights. Now, my focus was, oh, this hurts. This hurts. <laughs> you can do it. But it, it really did clear my mind.
1: Yep. Yeah. I can.
0: I can already see some of our audience members are resonating with this conversation as well. Ashley said that she's connecting with us so much and so grateful for this conversation. So tell me, Naomi, like how many times do you get to have this conversation with district
1: leaders? Not often enough, oh. not often enough, um, which really, it it saddens me. Um, but, is part of what I do. So let me demonstrate kind of what I what I teach. So I've had in my mind, it's really hard to get into districts because we just know how districts work. And if you're not using the buzzwords of what's going on right now, like they're, your emails getting sent to the trash. And I can say that having been at the district level, gotten all these emails and I'm like, delete, 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 delete. delete, delete. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it's really hard to get into districts. I do have a couple that I am working with. And they are fantastic districts, and they are prioritizing what their educators need. I have one that, like, this year will be my second year working with them. Like, can you do our support staff this year? I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yes. But what I did for myself was like, Naomi, you've got to reframe your thought process. It is not difficult to get into districts because I was focusing on the negative. This hasn't changed anything yet, but I'm changing myself and my view and getting rid of the negativity of this is hard to do. No, it's not. I just need to find the right districts. I just need to find the right people. And it's a breeze to get in when you find the right people. And I've just reframed my thoughts and changed that negativity that I had in my own head of what was going on. And so that, that's one of the things that I try to help my clients do is that reframing and, and ditching that negativity of sometimes the negativity is all here.
0: Naomi, you are just, you're calling me out on my bad habits. You're calling me out on all this other stuff. But yes, because I did that today. Actually, I was, you know, in my position, I also reach out to districts and try to, you know, was just like, oh, I can't get a hold of them. Mm-hmm. No, I just haven't
1: found the right ones yet. Yeah. 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 And I just decided, I was like, I'm like, cause you know, you're like, oh, they keep ghosting me to keep ignoring me. Like some people, like it's even people that I know because you know, when you've been in, you've been yeah. 16 years, you, you know, people, you know, especially if you worked in more than one district mm-hmm. and um, I'm like, oh, they keep ghosting. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be that irritating person that just never goes away. And eventually you're going to have to talk to me because yeah. your educators need me. Yes. And
0: that's the beauty of it. You know, the need. And I know you and I were talking earlier about uh, being the teacher that we needed when we were kids. You know, we hear that quote quite often, but you are now providing the services that you needed and couldn't Mm -hmm. find anywhere. And, and you're now providing that. I even, there's a a writer. Oh man. Again, I'm going to butcher. So anyone in the audience, if you know, who said this, um, and maybe it was Maya Angelou who said it, but talked about um, if you don't see yourself in a story or if you're missing a story, write your own story. You write that story, and and you're doing just that for mm-hmm. teachers. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it.
1: Yeah, I want to be what they what I needed, what I yeah. needed as an educator.
0: Oh, I love that. As someone who was trying to recover. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK, so it's the start of the school year and hopefully a lot of people are coming back refreshed. Mm-hmm. But what strategies would you provide to them now so that they can avoid that burnout later on?
1: So I teach very basic things like I don't teach anything earth shattering because and and I'll apply this because we're talking education I'm gonna apply this with an analogy to math. If our kids don't have the foundation in of their math skills, their basic addition and subtraction, they're not going to be able to do multiplication, division, algebra, all of that. Absolutely. And we, we've we seen those kids where we're trying to teach them algebra, but yet they can't do long division. And so we've got to go all the way back to long division with them. We've got to have the foundation. Stress management is the same way. You have got to have a solid foundation of habits that allow you to apply stress management techniques. So a lot of people are like, I've tried it all. It doesn't work. You're right. It doesn't because you don't have a solid foundation and you haven't been taught the habits. You haven't formed the habits that are necessary to manage your stress. So a one-time, and and this is what a lot of districts try to do, is just like a one-time thing of like, here you go. Here, here's a nice Let's bring Naomi in once and you'll all be fine. I'm like, no. Like, we need to build habits. So I have a district that their wellness coordinators saw the vision. And I am there with them every single month. Wow. In their district. And then I'm offering coaching virtually to their staff once a month.
0: How beautiful and innovative innovative is it that the wellness coordinator brought you in and saw the need as well. That's beautiful. Kudos to that coordinator.
1: Right. And like, she's amazing. I'm so excited to work with them. And like, it's my vision to be able to do that for more districts than I know some, it's not going to be able to be a year long thing, but maybe like a good chunk of PD where we can go yeah. through all of this. And so like, I have five tips. I keep it basic. You're going to be okay. like, this is nothing major, Naomi. But like I said, if you don't have the foundation, you're not going to be able to build anything. So, my first one is nutrition. Like, <laughs> teachers run on carbs and caffeine. Oh, we do. Carbs and caffeine. Like, I need the shirt or the mug or something, carbs and caffeine, <laughs> right? And I love my carbs. I love my caffeine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the coffee, the flavor of the coffee more than the caffeine. I'm a Yeah. The caffeine. Uh, so, what you need to focus on with nutrition, like let's just keep it simple. Rainbow, go for the variety of colors and focus on protein. Like just keep it simple. Eat a variety of colors because that's going to give you a variety of nutrients. And Skittles don't count. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's
0: what I was like. Taste the rainbow. Naomi told me to do
1: it. <laughs> rainbow, well, but not the Skittles. Um, so that will get you a lot of nutrients as you go throughout the produce section and you get the purples and the reds and the yellows and the oranges, and then you focus on protein. And I know we need food that is easy to eat on the go. Yeah. So when you're looking at protein, think hard boiled eggs, easy. Um, the tuna pouches, super easy, right? I loved
0: off like, of like, for so long.
1: Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> those in your desk and like, just whip that thing out. Yogurt, cottage cheese, uh, String cheese, like they're really easy, portable proteins that you can do. Um, do lunch meat wrapped around a pickle, like that gets you a veggie, salt, it gets you protein. You know, look for your no nitrate, nitrate, you know, yes. lunch meat, but that's getting you two things there. So that's really what you want to focus on with nutrition because if you're getting the protein in, your blood sugar is going to stay more level, which means your mood is going to stay more level.
0: Ooh, and that is so important, especially working yeah. with students. It
1: is. Like, you need the carbs in there, too, but look for, like, the fiber-filled carbs, the healthier yeah. carbs, rather than, you know, the potato chips, the Pringles, the goldfish, the animal crackers that we keep in our desk. Yes. You know, um, so look for, you know, the healthier versions and things, but if you prioritize the protein and the veggies, that's really, really going to help. That's just a great place to start with the nutrition. Um and just, just keep it simple and portable. And then really work on some people might get mad at me for this one, but I don't care. I'm gonna say it. You need seven to nine hours of sleep a night. Oh. You have got to get seven to nine hours of sleep a night. Studies show, like, this is science. Like, they, they've done the research. Um, the most successful people in the world, the top of their field, think um, Yo Yo Ma think Tiger Woods, Michael Phelps, um, Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos, the people that are at the top of their um, their fields. I want to say, what's her name? Is it Amy Porterfield that mm-hmm. does Huffington Post? They're getting seven to nine hours of sleep a night. And actually they're probably getting eight. So if these people who run like international companies compete at the top of their fields are getting eight hours of sleep. I can get eight hours of sleep. Yeah, Like these people are doing a lot. Like they're not slouches when it comes to life.
0: Yeah. And I think that's so important. We need to flip the narrative because I think there's a stigma around sleep Mm
2: -hmm. that
0: if you get like one, it's a badge of honor. If I only get my four hours of sleep and And like you had mentioned napping earlier, you know, I, I know there's a stigma around, well, you must be lazy if you're going to take a nap in the middle of the day, but oh my gosh, Naomi, you just pointing out the most successful people in the world get sleep. So I can crash and burn and have Mm -hmm. a badge of honor, or I can have a lot of success.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And you're right. It's like, oh, like you got eight hours of sleep. Like, how do you, like, how'd you get everything done? I got it done because, because, and yeah. like, when they do the studies, the difference between in IQ between seven hours of sleep and eight hours of sleep, the seven hours of sleep is a statistically significant decline in IQ. Oh. And I was like, girlfriend can't lose IQ points here. Yeah. <laughs> I can't afford to lose any organs. I'm like... <laughs> I need all the brain power. I got yes. <laughs> you no. Know? And so I was like, okay, I need to take this seriously. And so this is something I've really been working on um, for a long time, actually. And so I was like, all right, I've been gradually moving back my bedtime because the time I wake up, I can't really change, uh-huh. but I can change my bedtime routine. I can change when I get into bed. And so like I have worked on moving that back. So I'm in bed about seven and a half hours. And then I started using a sleep tracker. I'm like, here I am thinking I'm getting seven hours of sleep. I'm getting six and a half, 45. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't think this tracker is right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I was like, no way. It's picking up my dog because my dog sleeps in my bedroom and uh-huh. it's based on sound because I don't have, like, I don't wear a watch or yeah. or anything like that. So it's just my phone next to my bed, which I don't like. I am a no technology in the bedroom person. However, it really has helped me with bumping back my bedtime. And I was so excited when I hit seven hours the other night. I was like, yay! <laughs> so my tips are, one, back up your bedtime by one or two minutes a night. Don't do anything drastic.
0: OK. That's doable. No. That yeah. might be manageable. Exactly.
1: So when I tried for bigger chunks, it just didn't work. And I kind of just, you kind of self-defeat. You know, yeah. you're like, well, I can't do it, so I just won't try. So like one or two minutes, you can do. Like, do one or two minutes for a week, and then another one or two minutes. Like, it doesn't have to be anything more. And it, like, kind of, with using the sleep tracker, it kind of gamified it for me of, like, oh, I got a little more sleep. Oh, I got a little more. Like, trying to hit my goal. And then you want to have a really solid bedtime routine that slows your body down and prepares it for sleep. So, you're going to cut out your caffeine in the afternoon. You are going to, so there's kind of a three, two, one, um, that I got from Brendan Burchard. He's a high performance. I love coach. Him. Isn't he fantastic? He's amazing. I like love everything he does. So three hours before bed, you're done eating two yeah. hours before bed. You're done working. And one hour before bed, you're done with screens. If you need to be on screens, you're using blue light blocking glasses. And then you are, maybe you're reading, maybe you're doing some yoga, gentle stretching, maybe a bath, a shower, things that are slowing you down, doing some journaling. Because if we run in 90 miles an hour and jump into bed expecting to sleep, our brain's still going 90 miles an hour. Yeah. It's not going to happen. So even if you're running late, still do your bedtime routine. Because otherwise, you're just going to lay there wide awake. And I know firsthand.
0: Yes. Unless you're my husband. He, he lays down and he is out. And it takes me forever yeah. to walk to <laughs> down.
1: Yeah. So work on your bedtime routine. Okay. Bedtime routine should lead to morning routine. Okay. And it should set you up for a nice, smooth morning. <coughs> I apologize. Either cold or, or allergies today. So you want to set yourself up for a really good morning. Set out everything for breakfast that doesn't need to be refrigerated. Pack everything for lunches that doesn't need to be refrigerated. Have it all lined up in the refrigerator ready to grab. Have your clothes laid out. So I practice martial arts. So that means in the evenings I need another outfit. So literally every night I lay out my workout clothes for the morning and I lay them next to my bed so I have to step on them when I get out of bed. That was how I started developing my routine of a morning workout was I had to step on my workout clothes when I got up. So I still do it.
0: Mel Robbins Uh, talks about that. Yeah. She she talks about just putting them right there. So you
1: have to do it. Exactly. You, You take away your own excuses. And then I set out my clothes for the morning and then I set out what I need for martial arts in the evening. All those decisions are done. They're all taken care of work bags packed, set by the door. So everything that you can do ahead of time, do that as part of your bedtime routine and then just work on that one or two minutes a night backing up. Um, Because a lot of people will tell me, Oh, I I do fine on four hours of sleep a night. I'm like, you do fine. You are not doing well. Yeah. You are not doing as well as you could be like you are surviving.
0: Yes. And that's so like you are, you're doing fine, you're not doing well, and you're mm-hmm. not thriving like you could be. And so often we see people come into their work, place of work, no matter your profession, and they're a little dis- disheveled, mm-hmm. and then their whole day is off track. Mm-hmm. And, and I, <laughs> my poppy, so forgive, forgive what I say. And I'm sure you've heard this phrase too. My poppy used to always say, uh, Uh, preparation, uh, oh gosh, what was it? Preparation (laughs) prevents piss-poor performance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Preparation prevents piss-poor performance. And that is so true, but it also prevents stress. Yeah. And having, like you said, having those things ready to just grab out of the Mm -hmm. refrigerator, have your kids' clothes laid out, your clothes laid out. I mean, my daughter knows She's seven, she fixes her own clothes, but she mm-hmm. got to have them picked out the night before yeah. because I'm not battling in the morning. And, and that's, yeah. I love
1: that you hit on that because it's important for your kids too, of having these routines, these bedtime routines for your kids, having them pick out the clothes ahead of time, have their school bag ready, their lunch yes. ready, all of those things. And we often think of it for our kids because we don't want to have them battle, but we need to do it for us too. Mm-hmm. It makes my
0: life easier. Yeah. And it gives me mental clarity.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So you you talked about, I want to make sure that I'm not missing anything. You've talked about nutrition, Mm -hmm. getting seven to nine hours of sleep a night with a solid nighttime routine, having a morning routine. What else?
1: So the next one is movement. And I call it movement and not exercise because it doesn't have to be a workout. But you do need to move your body. And so we talked a little bit about like cardio with running versus weightlifting. You need 30 minutes of movement, okay? Find something you enjoy. Hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. If you like to walk, to run. My mom for years has walked every single morning for years. While she was working full-time as a nurse, she would get up and walk in that morning. And the really cool thing about that was I knew at 5 a.m., my mom was walking and praying for me every morning. And so that was just How something- where, is that? Really, that was really neat. And so like, my mom is one of the healthiest retired women I know, mm. one of the most active. She is in her 70s and- she's loading up the wheelbarrow and she's stacking wood and she's weed whacking and all of this. and I'm like, I want to, I want to be like that. So Movement mom found her movement for me. I have a variety of workouts that I can choose from. And I've really gotten into ones that involve resistance and weightlifting. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love how they make me feel. Yeah. (laughs) and they're gentle on the hormones. It's another thing that I had to battle. So find your movement. If you like to hike, if you like to dance, like, come on, turn up the tunes with your kiddos and have a dance party. Like, let's have some, do it in your classroom, because your kids in your classroom need to have movement. And we can use music to boost the mood in our classroom or to settle the mood in our classroom. Yes. You know, so put the tunes on in the classroom. Have your favorite playlist for picking your kids up on a Monday morning and settling them down on a Friday afternoon when you need to like scrape them off the ceiling. Yeah. So find your favorite movement. I don't care what it is. Like I picked up martial arts after I finished my doctorate because I was like, good grief, I gotta move my body again. And like, <laughs> I all this typing, I'm done. Yes. Like life after doctorate, like it was <laughs> on my list, literally. So I started doing martial arts because I needed accountability of someone expecting me to be there. Yeah. And so I was either going to go to the dance studio down the road from my house, or I was going to go to the martial arts studio. I went to the martial arts studio and I never left. And so, right. I love it. I have the accountability of people expecting me to show up. And I, there's another piece of this for me in walking in there. So I had been working on my doctorate. So like, you know, just like in the academic world, like, you know, you, you have good professors, bad professors, the struggles of education. I never wanted to forget what it was like to learn and to struggle. So I am not a natural athlete. All of my athleticism has been earned. Martial arts reminds me how hard it is for some of our kiddos to learn. Big and little, kiddos covers them all. Um, it's hard. And we need to remember how hard it is for some of them. And we need to remember what failure looks like. And I can tell you, I I am a black belt and I am at the point where I'm starting to teach and I get called out still. I make mistakes. And it's that reminder of like, ah, shoot. (laughs) I knew that. I was like, wait, I did what? Like it's happened to me two classes in a row. I was like, I did what? Like, I know better. (laughs) I know better, you know? So for me, that there, there was a lot of pieces of me getting into martial arts, but choose the movement that you love. I love martial arts. I love lifting weights. I do love mm-hmm. running. I, I go through phases with running. I go back and forth with that. So just find movement that you love and do 30 minutes of it. And then throughout your day, every hour, you need to get up and move your body. If you mm-hmm. haven't, a uh, smartwatch is probably telling you Listen to it. Yes. <laughs> Listen to it. Get up and move. Do some stretches. Involve your kids. Get yes. them up and stretching. Do some yoga poses, some stretches. Have them do some squats with you. Have them do some push ups with you. Like, get creative with it. But you all need to move. If you are not in the classroom and you're in an office, get up and walk the hallways. Yes. Like, go. And, and oh. you don't have to walk into every classroom. Like, this is your being visible time. Yeah. Like if you don't have time for people to catch you, walk, walk the less traveled hallways. That's fine. But get up and move and walk through the hallways and be seen. It makes you personable with your staff. Yes. Like you have got to get out of your office. So don't just get up and do some squats in your office. Like maybe a couple of times, get up and do squats or jumping jacks in your office. The other times, get out and walk. Mm -hmm.
0: visibility is just going to make your culture even stronger, Mm -hmm. But, but you're so right. And I remember on Friday's, my coworkers and I would always go to the district office to work on <laughs> PDs and stuff. The other days of the week, we're on campuses and we're moving around. But on Fridays, when we created, I remember at first being so exhausted
2: mm-hmm. by the
0: end of the day, and and I started setting my timer for forty-five minutes, and mm-hmm. I would make my boss and my other two counterparts. I'm like, we're walking the building, and so mm-hmm. we would walk the building for five minutes, then come back. But our PDs were stronger. Mm-hmm. Our minds were more clear and we actually did not leave as ex- as exhausted. We were more productive and we didn't
1: crash at three o'clock. Exactly. It's so important for productivity and clarity, even just standing up and doing some breathing exercises just to clear your mind and like adjust your, so I mentioned John Finn earlier, he calls it activation, your activation level. You hit that like 1.30, 2 o'clock and your activation level is like oh, seamless, yes, but you still have like another hour or more to go and you need your activation up here, get up, breathe, do some short, quick breaths, do some jumping jacks, jump, bounce in place to get your activation back up where it needs. And if you need your activation to come back down because you just got off the phone with, you know, insane parent number 10. Uh Uh-huh, yep. (laughs) Do some breathing, slow down your breathing to bring your activation back down to where you need it for focus. Yes. Oh, I love it. What else? What's the okay. next strategy? Uh, my next one, I mentioned this a little bit ditch the negativity. Mm-hmm. So, this encompasses a lot of things. Number one, it's the people you surround yourself with. So, it's really easy <laughs> to find the negative people in education. They're in the copy room, they're in the teacher's lounge, they are next door to you.
0: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> not even on you- social media. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So they're everywhere. So you have got to choose your circle and surround yourself with, I was, I kind of put words to this the other day. I was writing a post about it. I was like, are you surrounded by the negative venting problems, problem seekers and complainers? Or are you surrounded with the positive problem solvers? Yeah. Find the problem solvers. And it may mean eating lunch by yourself. Yes. Yes. Okay. And that's okay. It's Sometimes okay. that's great. Yeah. And I eat lunch by myself a lot, but there are some teachers that I know that have chosen to invite teachers to join them for lunch in their classroom because they're choosing their circle yes. and they're choosing to surround themselves with the problem solvers rather than the problem seekers. Yes. And then it's your circle outside of work. Who we, Like some of that we can't choose. Like our family's our family. Yeah. Right. But still seek out the positive problem solvers. It's social media. You can curate your social media feed. Yes. And you can set a timer on your social media that it's like, all right, you spent your allotted time for today. You're done. Okay. So there are things that we can do there. If there are people on your social media that are negative and causing you anxiety and overwhelm and causing you to compare yourself and feel bad about yourself, unfollow Block, silence, mute, hide. We have a lot of options where we don't have to see them. Like there are certain people I get that we can't block because they're family or whatever, but But you you can't hide hide them. (laughs) You can hide them and they don't know. Yes. Like there are people I can't block, but I for sure can hide them. So curate your social media into something that uplifts you. It doesn't have to be negative.
0: The other one. Uh, can I just say one thing to that, and <laughs> taking it back to um, choosing who you surround yourself with at work? Just a quick note to to people who might have been trained early on to just always be kind. If you are worried about hurting someone's feelings, mm-hmm. please don't, because when it comes to your mental health. Mm-hmm do not sacrifice it because you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. I think for women, especially we've been taught, be kind, don't hurt people's feelings, you know, think of others before yourself all the time. And I remember not wanting to offend people or make them, you know, feel bad, but they were making me feel bad.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So you have to, Stand up for yourself and put yourself first. It's not selfish. It's taking care of you so you can take care of others.
1: Yeah. And you can phrase it. Hey, you know what? I am really working on like being more positive. Can you work on this with me? This is just something that I really need to do. Yeah. And just put it in that phrasing. And it it doesn't point out. It doesn't accuse. It says, this is what I'm working on. Would you help me with it? Yes. So yeah, that's a great way to go about it. And a very good point. Um, my other one on negativity is the news. We know oh, yeah. if it bleeds, it leads. Mm-hmm. We know it's all negative. So I learned this from, I think, Jordan Rainer. He wrote a book, Redeeming Your Time. And um, he doesn't watch the news, doesn't listen to the news, doesn't read the news. And I was like, hmm, can I do this? I do this now. And you know what? I still knew... When the Queen of England died, I still knew about the coronation. Like people will tell you when something big happens. And it's kind of funny because someone asked me the other day, like, So, what do you think about the fires in Hawaii? I was like, I have no clue. Fill me in. (laughs) (laughs) You know. I don't know what's uh, happening. So, but I don't need that negativity in my life. So like I Used to listen to all kinds of like i still listen to all kinds of podcasts but i have like cleaned out my list of podcasts there are no political podcasts in there there are no yeah. news podcasts i don't need it and if i need to know someone will tell me because everybody else in my life follows the news
0: mm-hmm they definitely will
1: yeah
0: definitely. um no i love that <laughs> what else do you have is there i think there's one more isn't one there more
1: yeah so my final one is boundaries Oh, yes. And that this goes along with the kindness that you talked about. A lot of us have been raised to be kind. Yeah. Boundaries, when communicated, are kind. Because it lets people know where your boundary is. So I have some suggestions on boundaries. You do have to communicate them. Okay? you got to let people know yes. where they are. Because if they bounce up against your boundary and you lose it on them, that is not kind because they didn't know that was your boundary, yes. okay? And we all know kiddos need boundaries, and they're going to push up against them to make sure that they're there, yes. okay? they, they want, And we know, especially teens, like they keep pushing and they keep pushing and they keep pushing, and we get irritated with it, but they just want to know, is it still there? Am I still safe? We need to establish those boundaries in our lives. So one, <clears throat> we've got to have work-home boundaries, okay? So let's talk home first. You're going to take work home with you, okay? It's, it's going it's to happen. It's part of a you. job, yeah. Okay? We, we just know that that's going to happen. But set boundaries around when and how mm-hmm. much. So I was a science teacher. So lab reports, galore. Okay, like when you're grading like 75 lab reports, girl, English
0: teacher right here,
1: all the writing, you know, like five pages each. And you're like, please, I told you not to write a novel. I was like, (laughs) two page max, like to the point, please, you know, you're not going to grade all 75 in one night. So do not bring all 75 home with you. Yeah. Chunk that it. That adds to your stress. And you're like, oh my goodness, I brought them home, but now I can get them done. And I'm taking them back with me again and again. And <laughs> I speak from experience, okay? I'm not making fun of anybody other than myself. No, been there. Yeah, girl. We get you. <laughs> so if you know that you can get three done, bring three home with you and determine, and this is especially important if you have kids, you have a partner, a spouse. I'm going to work from seven to eight. That is my work time. Yes. Outside of that, I belong to my family. I am present with my family. Let your kids know. All right, mom, dad is working from seven to eight and grading essays, grading lab reports, whatever it is. You can do this, this, or this during this time. When I am done, I will be with you and I will be fully present with you. Prior to that, I am with you and I am fully present with you it teaches them independence. It teaches them problem solving skills. They know that there's this security and safety of knowing, okay, I have this amount of time. And then mom or dad is back present with me after that present yes. with me before that. It, it becomes a struggle when your work stretches from after school till nine o'clock at night and nobody knows where the boundary is. And you're getting irritated because you can't get your work done because everybody's asking you questions and asking for snacks and asking for dessert and asking for pajamas and asking for bath time. Make a clear boundary at home. Do the same thing on the weekends. Maybe 7 to 9 Saturday morning is your peaceful time that you can sit down and chunk out some schoolwork. And then maybe Sunday you have a chunk then. But make clear boundaries between work and home of these are the hours that I am going to do school work. And the rest of the time I am mom, I am dad, I am wife, husband, whatever it is So make those boundaries. Cause that's going to help your family. Yeah. Help your sanity yeah. make the boundaries of like, all right, mom leaves at this time for work. She becomes teacher. She becomes mm-hmm. administrator. She becomes coach at this time. If you have an emergency, you can contact mom. You can yeah. contact dad. But other than that, we're all doing our thing during this window. Yeah. This is what we're doing. We, we each have a job. You have a job as a student. I have a job at, at work. And so creating those clear boundaries. And then this one, I love to share this one. I share it with administrators. I share it with teachers. And I encourage everybody to follow this boundary. It's the 24-hour rule for your email. And now's a great time to implement it because you can share it with everybody and i encourage administrators to tell their teachers to have this boundary it is i will respond to any email within 24 hours
0: i'm typing it in this is going to go on the banner
1: <laughs> you with- tell parents i will respond within 24 hours generally the emails that we receive are not emergent they don't yeah, need they're not hour. And so it takes that pressure off of you to respond immediately. It takes the pressure off the parent to respond immediately and set boundaries around where you will communicate with parents. I know some teachers do like a social media page for their classroom and that I highly recommend that you choose one venue for communicating with parents. That's going to keep it focused for you. Let them know you will respond within 24 hours. If it's a weekend, I will respond in such a such and such a time autoresponder is amazing to be like it's the weekend i'm away i will respond Mm -hmm. to your message monday morning exactly right and administrators tell your staff you never have to respond to me sooner than the 24 hours because i set that rule for myself as well and it just because you feel this pressure when your administrator emails you of like i have to do this immediately i have to answer them if you take that off your staff, you're just relieving them of this stress to respond to immediately when they're in the middle of things. Yes. If you just let them know upfront, 24 hour rule. You have 24 hours to respond to me when I email you. Yes. And I will do the same. I will respond to you within 24 hours. I it love just, it. It's such a great rule for everybody. And so now is just a fantastic time to just communicate that and, you know, let parents know, Hey, this is where I'll be communicating with you. And I will respond to all messages within 24 hours. Administrators, parents, our staff, we all have a 24 hour rule. We will all respond to you within 24 hours. Weekends, we will respond to you by Monday morning. I know administrators, sometimes you do have emergency things that you need to respond to.
0: Sometimes you do, but not all the time. And and sometimes taking that 24 hours allows you an opportunity to just be more thoughtful in your response as well. So I, I think it's a fair boundary. I, so many campuses do that with parent emails, but mm-hmm. I love the idea of even just campus emails. You have 24 hours to respond, unless I denote in the title mm-hmm. or something right. that it is an emergency, but give yourself some grace and give yourself some time. Not everything is urgent. Not everything is an emergency.
1: And don't check email at nine o'clock at night. No, like the only email that guilty of that. Like the only email that comes in at nine o'clock at night is the angry parent that is going to keep you up all night. Yeah, like do not do that to yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't just be like, you know what? I cut it off. I will look at it in the morning. Yes,
0: and that is that is good to go. That's Mm -hmm. good.
1: So those are my tips.
0: Oh, Naomi, I love this. And especially for the start of the school year, this is what our educators need. And following these five tips, so I'm just going to kind of reiterate them Mm -hmm. a little bit, Mm -hmm. just one last time. Number one, we have to focus on nutrition. Definitely focus on what we're putting into our bodies. We need to focus on sleep. Get those seven to nine hours of Mm -hmm. sleep every night. Have that bedtime routine, that morning routine um, ditch the negativity. Oh, geez, Louise, establish those boundaries. Now, before we leave, if there was one area, like you're like, okay, you might not can do all five of these all at once. What's the one that you would say, start off with this
1: sleep. I love it for sure. And just, let me give you this example. Think of your kids. So you've had a really good week of sleep your students in the classroom are bouncing off the walls and think of how you respond to them on a good week of sleep. Yeah. You have the clarity of mind to respond kindly, to respond with firm boundaries, to respond with consistency. Now think of that same situation, last block of the day, Friday afternoon, you're scraping kids off the ceiling, yet you haven't slept all week. I don't know about you, but yeah. I probably have snapped a few heads off. Oh, yeah. You know?
0: Uh, yeah. And that to me makes so much sense because at first <laughs> I was thinking, ditch the negativity. That needs to be the first one. But I was like, no, because if I don't have the sleep, mm-hmm. I become the negative person yeah. or I get sucked in a little mm-hmm. easier into that negativity.
1: When I sleep, I can be kind, I can have boundaries, I can be consistent, I can dish the negativity, I can make better nutritional choices, I can make Mm. the decision to move my body. When I've got sleep, I can do the others.
0: Hear that educators? Sleep, start with the sleep. Oh, Naomi, this has been wonderful. Can you tell our audience members, where can they find you?
1: Sure. Uh, so I am on both Instagram and Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn a little bit, but like, okay, I stick mostly to the the two social platforms. Yeah. They're right there. The Recovering Educator. If you just search The Recovering Educator, you'll find me. I also have accounts as Naomi Hall Fit Educator, where I focus on the fitness, nutrition, wellness piece that I do as well. I'm working on combining those, but um, you can find me in. in This, and I do talk about the fitness and nutrition here, but I I focus on it more in Naomi Hall, Fit Educator, and that's on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, But I do, if you contact me, we work through all of this for you. And really what I went through those five points, I help you build those foundational habits where you're like, "I, I don't even know where to start. That's fine. We figure it out together. We make a plan and we, we make that plan work and we adjust it and we work on what you need to work on.
0: Oh man, Naomi. And so educators, anyone listening right now, consider using any additional funds that you might have, whether it's. PTO, maybe you're partnering with a company um, that's you know doing some philanthropy and they're sending donations. Maybe you have leftover Esser funds. There are certain areas of Esser that won't expire until like October or December. The
2: title Call fund.
0: Naomi Hall and really focus in on that mental health and wellness. Get Naomi to come to your campus to support your school district because teacher retention is what we need and this is where we start um i know you have a few uh, resources for us too i'm going to put them in the chat but i know naomi is offering a 30-minute consultation a free 30-minute consultation take advantage of that friends and then also you can find free guided breathing acts tell us a little bit about that
1: So breathing is one of my favorite stress management tools and I didn't really have any apps when I learned it. I actually went through mindful schools. I think I did a training with them to start teaching mindfulness to my students Uh and I just latched on to breathing. So it's like my go-to, I don't even think about it. I use it without thinking. So I went through the apps. I'm one of those people when, (laughs) when I want an app, I test out a whole bunch of them uh-huh. to find the one that I really like. So I did that with breathing and I found six of them that are truly free and teach you guided breathing. Cause I there's nothing more irritating to me than a free app that like everything's locked. I was like, it's not free. Yeah.
2: It's
1: not free. Not free. <laughs> not free. So this has six apps go through them, try them out and choose one that works for you breathwork. It's the first one on there is my absolute favorite. I think it's designed for kids. I don't care. Okay. It is like graphically, it's easy to understand, it works well and they explain the science behind the breathing technique of why you're doing it and what it's doing for you. So there are breathing techniques that help you focus. There are breathing techniques that help you calm. There are breathing techniques that bring up your energy level. And so these apps, I just wanted to provide them for everybody because I I can't get to everybody, but this is a tool that you can literally have in your back pocket and it doesn't cost you anything.
0: And you probably could use them as brain breaks in your classroom too. Mm-hmm. Teaching students. Yes. Oh, Naomi, this has just been such a pleasure. Like, I appreciate you staying with me tonight and talking about this. I'm going to have to have you back on, girl. We'll have to do round two. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us tonight, thank for viewing. You. I know I've a couple of comments. People are saying they're going to try to go to bed early tonight. They're going to try <laughs> to implement those strategies. So Good. thank you so much, Naomi. And we hope you all have a fabulous beginning of school year educators, take care of yourself.